0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a slightly different trial by fire. Um, Jeremias and I were thinking about new ways that we can bring info to you guys, and uh, we came up with this, which is basically a Wednesday briefing. Um, we're going to do a sort of fast and loose talking on the phones. As you can, I'm sure you can tell, there's like a slight variation in audio quality um but the nature of this is going to be that essentially Jeremias and i every wednesday will bring half an hour of content to you guys where we we we've basically recorded a a phone conversation um that isn't an interview so to speak and it could be anything about an article we read or a review or I don't know, anything that you can possibly think of.
1: Funny stories Uh, or whatever, like very high and very low, not necessarily very high and low, but a big, big plethora of things that uh, pertains to the outdoors.
0: Right, exactly. And I suppose one of the restrictions of the, the content of the podcast as it stands is that because it is almost always interviews, I suppose you guys don't really get an opportunity to kind of say your piece very often. Uh, you don't get a chance to really ask questions or sort of like get your feedback in and stuff. And then we don't really go back and talk about interviews and stuff in the following episode. So we thought this would be a cool way to get a bit more engagement from you guys, get a bit more feedback from you and to um, to get your thoughts, questions and recommendations in for our wednesday briefing so it's going to be half an hour every wednesday Um, we'll come to you guys and bring you some yeah whatever it is that we decide to talk about that day
1: yeah i think it'll be fun and uh we'll see how it goes
0: yeah we'll see how it goes exactly it's just a way to i suppose keep trying to grow the community and uh and also yeah to get more info out to you guys as well because we do realize that the well, the interviews are really fun. They're also very time-consuming on our part. So, it comes when it comes to sourcing someone to talk to, researching, actually getting uh, an interview in place, and then going back and editing that and getting it out to you guys. So, there's a huge amount of sort of back stuff that's involved. So, we thought this would be in a really nice way to keep engaged with you guys and keep in touch and keep the info a little bit more uh, kind of informal. Um. And the first one we're going to talk about today, uh, is based on an article I read on Outside Magazine, uh, outsideonline.com. I'm sure a lot of you guys are aware of it. Um, and it's a story about two hikers who were hiking in New Hampshire and they called for the rescue services and they got picked up. I think it took like something like seven hours. We can go through the details in the next few minutes, but, um, And then essentially they got fined, uh, I think it was $250 each by the state of New Hampshire for the fact that they had to be rescued because they seemed so reckless and unprepared, or underprepared rather, and essentially putting the and rescue sort of uh, personnel um, in danger due to their own recklessness. Um, What did you think about this uh, article, Jeremias?
1: I uh, think it highlights some interesting things like I I have no idea about what experience these guys had because in the article they were talking about that they were new to the area uh, but I can't really remember if they specified how much outdoor experience or knowledge that they had Um, but that they were new to the area is something that I picked up on and they decided to they they were they were not necessarily planning on having a hike that day. They, they didn't talk to anyone about it. They didn't have a a route plan or a thought about being out in the woods. And they were in a I think it was a state park or a, a, a
0: yeah White Mountains in New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and uh, what they ended up doing was that they veered off the trail to find place their own trail really, and. All of these things that when you're out there might seem like a very small decision of hey, you know it's good weather. let's go out for a hike and sure like that's not that's not a big deal. Or if you're on a trailhead and you see something and you're like all right, well let's just keep going off the trail a little bit. It's also doesn't have to be a big decision or like a oh, you know you have to really think this through kind of thing decision you know i, I i'm subject to, the, to that myself that i do the, take those decisions every now and then uh but the outcome of it is of course very interesting in this case with not necessarily just having to be rescued but the question that they are sort of asking in and around who is responsible for paying for right. the service and who
0: should yeah and
1: who is and who should pay for this exactly
0: service. yeah so uh uh, to refer back to the article here, just um, for people who are wondering about it, um, the kind of the basic story was that uh, the two New England hikers, uh, they have pleaded guilty to charges of reckless conduct and have agreed to pay fines after rescuers had to retrieve them off a from an off-trail area in New Hampshire's White Mountain area this year. Uh, the hikers, a 22-year-old and a 25-year-old, Uh, will each pay $200 fine and a $48 penalty assessment after pleading their charges down from misdemeanors to violation-level offences. On the afternoon of June 11th, the pair wandered off the trail um, in Franconia, Notch, State Park, maybe a lot of you American listeners know where we're talking about um, but they quickly became separated and not long afterwards one of the hikers called emergency responders and told them he was stuck underneath a ledge, high in the mountainside apparently close to a cliff so it wasn't like they kind of like just went off missing um, what actually happened was they ended up trying to climb up this hill or up this steep mountainside without any sort of according to the article, any sort of ropes or even appropriate footwear. And they basically got stuck on this mountainside where they couldn't ascend or descend It they got stuck under a ridge and it required the mountain rescue to repel from above, essentially, down to help them uh, to get them sort of rescued. Um, And within this article, it kind of talks about um, how much it actually costs to uh, rescue someone, and it can cost up to uh, sorry, $2,500 um, for the average sort of rescue in New Hampshire. Um, and it says the National Park Service alone spends about $5 million on rescue operations every year, missions that require the use of a helicopter, of boats, um, which can typically run up costs of about $1,000 per hour to use. Um, so after all of this sort of expenses, you know who is to blame for for having to call in a rescue. I mean, my argument would be that yeah, of course there are stupid people out there, but I suppose who is to kind of make that assessment as to who was prepared and who was underprepared? Now there is a a, a well sort of documented service within, um, particularly in New Hampshire. Um, if you go onto New Hampshire's Fish and Game on their Instagram, they actually have a kind of a hike safe sort of a program and you can actually buy a card which is i believe 25 dollars which you get after you've completed sort of a day course or you've watched some videos and stuff and essentially what that means is that if you have this card it negates you having to pay for the sort of you won't get billed unless you did something completely stupid um but i think it's kind of scary and to kind of put those parameters because If somebody is lost in the woods or somebody has maybe sprained an ankle or somebody's starting to get hypothermic or they're lost and, you know, they need to they think about calling in rescue or to get themselves out of there. I mean, I could imagine that would be an extremely embarrassing situation to have to do, not to mention highly stressful. And I think the last thing you want to be thinking about as well is, you know, is my situation dire enough that if I do call them in, they're going to think I'm stupid and they're going to charge me, you know, however, hundreds or whatever amount of dollars it might be as a fine, you know? So so is imposing those fines, like, actually impeding, you know, the service as a usefulness thing? You know what I mean? There's, like, are people going to be afraid to use the service?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, here in Sweden, uh, they've started to do that sometimes, so it's making the uh, people that they are... Rescuing, I'm doing air quotes now. Pay for like the helicopter ride and things like that that they might get, just because it's been an upswing of people hiking in the mountains and then calling in rescue because they're tired. Because they're tired. You know, they had, well, they have had enough food, they had shelter, but they might have been Mm -hmm. tired. So there's there's one there's a couple of examples Mm -hmm. of that. but that sort of, uh, I guess, it, it shows how nuanced it can be, and it's it's really hard to like either either you have a very sort of strict line, or where uh, no one pays, or everyone pays, or it is up to the search and rescue team to do an evaluation. Which is here in Sweden, they do an evaluation when you get when when they get to the site of like, was it actually. Life training situation to call us, yeah, or or a, a situation that could have gone so bad if they call that they called us and it was it justified. Uh, if not, then uh, there was one example a few years ago where they were asked, uh, "Do you want to fly out? It will cost you this much mm-hmm. money, or we're looking oh, here." <laughs> Uh, th- th- these 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 are people that were just tired. They were in in over their head, but they were on a well-marked trail. They were in a wind shelter, so they were in in you know four walls and a roof. Uh, had food, had tents, sleeping bags, but they were in over their head. So they were offered to to um, to basically buy 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 their way out by taking the helicopter. I can't remember if they did.
0: That's crazy, off. man.
1: But it, it's it's really it's really interesting because it, it's one of these things that, of course, all rescue services is is based in more in someone taking a risk due to their the nature of their job to help you uh, get out of a situation, and I can definitely see the the uh, frustration that can occur if you have maybe two maybe five maybe ten per year that are just out of plain ignorance yeah. when they're being yeah killed.
0: and and ap- apart from even ignorance there's a couple here on um again on this article they talk about uh, the amount of people that they've had to rescue in what what year was it uh between twenty two uh between two thousand and nine and twenty nineteen alone uh New Hampshire conducted about hundred and ninety rescues per year hundred and ninety per year which is a cost which costs the state about three hundred thousand dollars annual and it recouped an average roughly of about hundred uh, and eighty thousand um but the uh the of those uh rescues about thirty two of them were deemed negligent so you know, out of 190, only 32 of them were deemed, like, due to people being stupid. And another six uh, were involved in substance abuse. So I can only assume that means, you know, people get drunk or they're out drinking with their buddies, camping, and they, you know, fall down a fucking hill, break their hip, you know, some bullshit like that. Um. So when actually from 190 to, like, 32 people, being stupid or whatever it might be, so let's say forty of those hundred ninety being stupid, you know, those numbers are quite. Uh, you know, there's there's quite a few of those that actually genuinely need help, and I think, obviously, that's why these services are here is to help people who genuinely need them. But from what I can see from the numbers, the, you know, they it seems like a lot of them are just genuine people just need need help.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and that's of course a uh, completely different situation uh, than being ignorant to to what's going on. Like I know here here in Sweden, the mountain rescue is a... um, What is it called? Uh, They are under the police. So it's not necessarily search and rescue and things like that. The police has a mountain rescue squad which is made up of uh, volunteers so locals that know the area So there's another role that plays into it that they they might have another job uh that they are doing and then they get called out of course they get being paid by it but it's it's volunteers that are doing a service for the community on the cost of right who and what
0: the taxpayer yeah, whatever. But, yeah, but, yeah and, 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 exactly.
1: So, so there's, there's sort of a, I don't know how, how it works there, but that's another layer into uh, the discussion of what is reasonable. And of course, it takes a lot for the rescuers to be able to make an assessment. But if you work within the rescue uh, field, you often get quite good at reading people. So you, you're able to see sort of their medical state and being able to understand how they're feeling by just talking to them.
0: Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether they're hypothermic or whether they're starting to lose consciousness. Yeah, all, all, of, all of those whatever, things, but that yeah. also
1: uh, enables you to um, just get just get a little bit of a different feel on how people are acting and if it's relevant to the situation. And that, that is, of course, that, that might be generalizing a lot of people, but I, I, I do know from my own experience and, and, and working within the... Um,
0: Outdoors, called, field, whatever.
1: I, uh, yeah, yeah, that and, and within the, the fire service here in Sweden. its you, you sort of have to be able to, when you get onto a scene, you have to be able to assess uh, people immediately. And whether that assessment is correct or not, that's not always the case, but you, you, it's something that if you're exposed to it a lot, you might get really good at it. So ultimately, like the search and rescue person will probably be able to do a good assessment of you being ignorant. Or if it is like, OK, there is, you know, you took a route that you weren't not necessarily prepared for or you weren't necessarily that was not necessarily in your. Um, ability experience level experience yeah. range but ability level but you had all the equipment so then it's like alright you know fair you made a mistake but if you go on that route without anything so that you don't have anything that that, that might just be
0: right and it was almost inevitable then that you were gonna fucking need our help at some yeah,
1: point yeah exactly it might be that it's a, a tricky area of on, on a hike that you need to just get past and then you're fine so there, there's of course a lot of nuance and layers in to to it, but it's yeah.
0: I yeah, guess. definitely, definitely. I think in, a, in on an overall sense, though, that there is, there is a certain sort of uh, set of parameters that that according to the uh, at least to the New Hampshire um, sort of public service announcements that they have released uh, based on this, because they have to rescue people so often that there is like a sort of a they call the hike safe hiker responsibility code. Um, and I'll read a few of them out because maybe it saves people you know in the future but um uh, they say that you are as a hiker are responsible for knowledge and gear so that means becoming self-reliant by learning about the terrain conditions the local weather and the equipment before you start they talk about leaving your plans so tell someone specifically where you're going the trails you're hiking and then when you'll return um and not just a vague, like, oh, I'm going out for the weekend. It's like, no, if I'm not back by Sunday, th- three o'clock, you know, something's wrong. Um, they say that you should always stay together, that hikers should never split up, um, which is exactly what happened to these two guys in New Hampshire. They split up and they got separated from each other. Um, if you're hiking, always hike together and pace your hike with the slowest person. Um, knowing when to turn back, so... You know, weather can change quickly at the top of a mountain. Fatigue and unexpected conditions can also affect your hike. Um, knowing your limitations and knowing when to either postpone your hike or to turn back if you feel like, uh, you know, you're, you've become kind of lost, not keep not trying to keep going forward and to kind of hoping that you can persevere, you should always kind of try and make your way back to a, a, a spot or a point that you remember that was familiar. um. And for emergencies, even if you're headed out for just an hour, an injury, severe weather, or wrong turns can sometimes become life-threatening. So don't assume that you'll be rescued. Know how to rescue yourself. And that's something that we talk about a lot on this podcast. And I'm sure a lot of you listeners have a lot of those skill sets already, but a lot of people don't. Like day hikers, families going for walks and stuff in the woods that aren't necessarily prepared, don't have the right kit with them and things like that. And of course, to share the hiker code with others, which is exactly what we're doing right now, we're kind of sharing these kind of skills. Um, and so, it's your responsibility to carry essentials. It is
1: a good, uh, it is a good code to follow.
0: I think so, and it's it's common sense. It's like everything that we talk about on here. It's like it seems like common sense when you talk about it, right? But for a lot of people, those things are not obvious.
1: But it, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it makes sense why it's not obvious. Like it's, for me, there's so many things that might be uh, obvious on how to behave in a bigger city, or at a, a opera, or at a theater, or concert, all of these things that I don't frequently go to. So it, like, I, I have full, full empathy for people that might need like a push in this, this direction. Um, I guess the, the 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 big thing is that the stakes are quite high, not just for yourself but also for other people. If it is that you uh, fail to do one of these things, and by saying that, it's okay to fail. It's okay to need help. It's okay to ask someone like, "Hey, this is I'm way over my head. What should I do?" Uh, and it might not be that you have to even call the emergency service right away, it might be the person that you left the plan to, or if you forgot to leave a plan, you can always call someone if you have the service, you can call someone and say like, hey, this is what's up. Um, and like, it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that black and white that you always have to call the emergency service for, for these things. But... It's one of it's one of these things. Like just just as with other, um, I guess, how to behave in, in in certain areas. It's something that will become second nature once you do it a lot. But and I I I I just keep sort of shooting myself in the foot because I don't always do it. I don't always do these things. Not even remotely that I always say if I go out for a like for if i go out for a snowmobile drive uh, i might not always bring even a shovel and then of course that's that's what that's that's when you get stuck so it's like it's it's also very human to be ignorant and it's also very human to be dumb
0: 100% 100% i so mean there,
1: there's there's it's like it's 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 a i don't know it's it's it it's it's always interesting when you read about these articles cuz like yeah it's easy to sort of point and laugh almost but then looking at looking at myself i was like okay i might not have been those people but there's been a few times that i can count that uh, it could have been that would Mm -hmm. have ended up being 100
0: percent. i mean we've i've definitely been in the woods without a lighter i've definitely been or matches i've definitely been in the woods without a knife i've definitely been in the woods without the right jacket you know i've definitely been caught in the rain etc cetera, etc cetera. you know if you spend as much time in the woods out as the likes of you and i do you're always gonna like sometimes there's a there's a level of complacency that's involved with everybody um if you think that you're just like it could be walking to the i mean for me for example there's like a woods across the road from me and i use it to walk to the shops you know okay it's a tiny little woods but like I'm not carrying a knife and, you know, stuff like that with me, but maybe I might need it someday. And, you know, everybody has, um, you know, they say like a lot of car accidents and things, they, they often occur quite close to home. And I think a lot of these sort of situations can also be similar when the, the simple stroll on a Saturday to the shops. And obviously your, your sort of terrain's a little bit wider than mine near me as put a simple stroll can turn into like this like everybody that ca- gets caught in these situations
1: but I, I i have a story where something like this happened to myself i, I did not need to involve the uh, rescue services other than uh my wife and our neighbor at the time so we we're gonna over to our neighbors at that time uh to uh, their kids birthday party and uh, of course i was just gonna go out this was in it's his birthday, January, February, December, ah, in the in, in in the middle of winter, and I had seen earlier when I was out taking some guests out on a snowmobile tour a trail that I hadn't explored before. This was five in the evening or something like that, so it was dark by then, and I thought I'll just go and have a quick look down down this trail. Uh, so I went went out. And uh, of course, the phone died very quickly because uh, it was quite it was quite cold, and I didn't put it in a proper pocket close to my body. Um, I didn't wear enough clothes because, of course, I was just going to go out for a quick little thing, and uh, I ended up being massively stuck. No shovel, no no nothing, and it took about two hours, and and and, and uh, Hannah didn't know where I was going because I just said that I'm just going to go and check on this new trail that I found. So what is this new trail? Like she had she had no idea. Um, so two hours of trying to dig out, and that that made me about an hour and a half late to this birthday party, and they were of course just thinking like, oh, what the hell is going on? What has happened? And uh, you know, luckily they uh, were able to track my snowmobile tracks and uh, they came out and helped pull uh, pull me and the snowmobile out of the uh, hole that we had gotten stuck into. So it's what uh, it's, it's just, just not, not necessarily yeah maybe it's like these guys we don't we don't know them of course but judging from that story of just wanting to take a day hike they weren't planning on taking a day hike they were just gonna go and check something out. And then all of a sudden just from what seems to be one nice day to being a rescue operation. It's not and people talk about this all the time. That this is something that could happen. And it's just it's it's just one of these things that you have to sort of prepare for, but at the same time, and this is just this is just my opinion, at the same time you can't make that the end and be all of your, all, all your outdoor experience, because one of the, like, really nice enjoyments of being outdoors is the spontaneous, sp- spontaneousness of just going out into the woods, just being, you, just, just enjoy being out there, just enjoy sitting out there, just doing whatever it is that you're doing, so there's this, I guess, double-edged sword where you should be doing this, but not always, it's... Fun to do it, then.
0: Don't it, let it cripple your your experiences.
1: Yes, exactly. But be smart about it as well. So it's a it's a, right. It's a hard um, hard line. It's a hard to line. Balance, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, so we've got that's a really nice story and it's a really good example. And I think we're going to wrap it up there, Jeremy, is because um, I want to keep these to thirty minutes exactly, so we can keep them concise and on the point.
1: And um, then la- but, last thing, then. Uh, me. we want to hear from you guys our listeners have you had any stories like this or what are your opinions on right. who we should pay for it and uh what are your thoughts like what, what 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 is your normal steps of action before you go out or if you might not even
0: have any steps right of exactly and if you don't uh tell us why you don't or how you feel or maybe maybe this conversation is uh sort of change your mind on things because it can happen to anybody like you said Jeremias even for someone as experienced as yourself Um. alright guys thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday briefing Um. if you have any stories like has said uh, hit us up and let us know and perhaps we can talk about them on the next episode also if there's anything that you'd like us to discuss any questions that you'd like us to answer or anything that you'd like us to kind of go through on next Wednesday's briefing uh, let us know